Hello, and welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement congregational care ministry. We also provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. I'm Reverend Melissa Collier-Gepford. And I'm Reverend Joy Dister-Dominguez. And today on this episode, we are talking all about deconstruction. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Deconstruction. effects. word. Yeah, this hashtag deconstruction. So um, when we say deconstruction, for those of you who may not know, what we're talking about is um, folks who are asking questions about their faith and struggling and um, really a lot of the time um, critiquing practices of the church and critiquing theology and, and, and seeing what works for them and what doesn't. And and really just kind of wrestling with God and joy, uh, especially during COVID, I feel like there was such a like kind of a surge of, sure. of folks. Like I think more and more folks are using deconstruction, like hashtags. There are more and more podcasts. There are cre- uh, communities created around deconstruction now, and to support that. So, Joy, I'm wondering from you, like as you see this, you're you're a pastor in a local church. Why do you think it is that so many people are deconstructing deconstructing right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think for so long, especially you know my perspective as a as a young adult, um, we we learn so much about God. We especially I'm thinking from the perspective of faithful lifelong church members or um people who grew up with the faith, they learned about the Bible. They did Bible drills, they memorized scripture, they were faithful in their attendance to Sunday school and they were told what the answers are. Mm-hmm. And they you know, I'm thinking of the of the first Peter text of always always be ready to provide an answer to those who have the questions basically of, mm-hmm. of knowing what the answers are. And then you have something so monumental, like a once in a lifetime pan- pandemic that happens. And it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's so difficult to see the suffering is so difficult to see the, the randomness at, in which, you know, people have caught COVID, um, have died from COVID from, you know, been sick from COVID. We see the suffering all around the world, um, not even just from COVID, but also other natural disasters. And it, it really makes you stop and think like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, and now all of a sudden these perfectly memorized scriptures and theologies about God, uh, and everything that you've learned to have an answer for, all of a sudden it doesn't make sense. Mm. And then you start to question and you start to wrestle with these tough theologies. And I, I almost think of it as like a, a Jenga puzzle. And you know how you pull out the pieces and you keep pulling out and you keep pulling out and you pull, you finally pull out that one and the whole tower crumbles over. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that's really what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. And 
it makes me question for for people who completely leave church or completely turn their back on faith or organized religion like what were the what were the base of those of, of that construction mm-hmm. um was there room for questioning and wrestling from the beginning and what i find is that the people who didn't base their faith or or build their faith or discover their faith with that strong um, base of it's okay to wrestle, it's okay to question. Um, those I see have the have the biggest fall. Does that make sense? Um, it does. It does. It reminds me of so when I was in high school. You heard about this in season one. My senior year of high school, I pierced my nose and dyed my hair brown. Uh, and yeah, hanging yeah. out with the emo kids and <laughs> what the hell at school and got kicked out of youth group. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so like I went to a, a fundamental evangelical youth group, grew up Methodist, but went to this youth group because that's where the cute boys went. But what was happening is I was getting programmed right at youth group with this, not with, with this, without permission to question. Like I knew I was called to ministry and I was told I couldn't do it because I was a woman. I was asking questions my senior year about like, okay, so how do I, I mean, it was a question of discernment, right? Like, how do I figure out which college to go to when if, if they're the same distance apart and it costs the same and I have the same scholarships and those types of things? Like, how can I make uh, a decision? Because I had been taught that, like, I have to follow God's will and it's this or that. And it's not like, you know, sure. so how do I know if I'm living in God's will? And when I ask that question, the youth pastor says, well, just read your Bible more. Like mm. that doesn't square with me. Right. Yeah. And so, so like I am told to sit down and shut up, mm. don't ask questions, read your Bible more. Oh, and by the way, you can't say a four letter word at school, get out. So I was thrust into, a, to, into deconstruction in 2007. Uh, um, and, um, I, I had, I had no community anymore because I was completely cut off. Like they did a senior celebration and they didn't even invite me. Like it was horrible. Wow. They wouldn't speak to me at school. Wow. And, I mean, looking back, that's kind of cult-like, don't you think? But so I, so I'm left with like, what do I do now? Luckily in 2007, MySpace and Zanga had started being Mm -hmm. a thing. And so I had like an end to a early, early, early Christian, like online forum for young people where they started asking questions. There were atheists in there challenging. And so I was introduced to um, actually Rob Bell. Um, and I read his book, Velvet Elvis. And when you talk about the Jenga game, it reminds me of, of his metaphor of, of the faith. Like some people see their faith as like a brick wall. And if you pull out one piece, it all crumbles, right? Like you take out, you take out the virgin birth or you take out like this one little theological like footnote, um, that doesn't actually mean anything or have much to do with, anything. And because it's part of this foundation, this wall that you were taught, you can't take it out or everything will come crashing down. And Rob, Rob Mm -hmm. Bell says, well, what if we looked at faith like 
a trampoline mm-hmm. and you can like take out a spring here and there and, mm-hmm. and decide to put it back or not and still be able to jump. And so for me, that kind of thrust me into this, like this place where I felt like I, I mean, it was scary. It kind of felt like free falling where I was asking these questions and, um, you know, I ended up going to a, a, ba- a Baptist, um, college and majoring in biblical studies, but I found there that the questions were welcome, that learning more was, was valued that, I mean, even at the Southern Baptist college, my male professor said, we need more women in ministry. We need more women in biblical studies. They encouraged me. They they didn't shy away from the hard questions and they didn't give me an answer when I asked. Ooh. They was that, <laughs> like, and how did that feel at first? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I will say, like, I mean, I for me, church was the classroom because I wasn't going to church, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. I'd been kicked out and I couldn't step in step a foot into a church without like feeling judged or unwelcome mm-hmm. or just like bringing up the past hurt. And so, you know, asking questions like was, was it wasn't safe at church, but it it was safe in the academy. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. where I felt like I was like I belonged. Um and so I think I think also part of, you know, you you mentioned COVID has opened people's eyes to a lot of like unnecessary suffering and mm-hmm. asking theological mm-hmm theological questions around who God is and if God is a loving God. I think that's part of deconstruction. And I also think that so much, so many people are deconstructing because of their experiences with church Mm -hmm. and even just the history of Christendom, right? Mm -hmm. So like the crusades were very bloody. (laughs) Like sure, and not sure. Christ-like. They not Christ-like. They were very anti-Christ. And so people are starting to evaluate that and say, like, wait, okay. So um the church upheld white uh, continues to uphold white supremacy, continues to get in bed with people of power um that are very anti-Christ. And I'm not talking revelation, the antichrist, but mm-hmm. I'm talking anti, not Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And I I see I see churches and institutions and structures upholding abuse and covering hiding 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 abuse, covering for perpetrators, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. listening to victims. These types of things are like so anti-Christ that the same people that we, you know, we millennials grew up doing those, we know our Bibles. We know the Bible. We know scripture. We were taught, memorize scripture, read the Bible, know what it says. And we know what it says. And what we're seeing is not Mm -hmm, what the Bible mm -hmm. says. It's not. And so like, we know that the Bible says things like welcome the immigrant, Mm -hmm. take care of the widow, the orphan, feed the poor, whatever you do to the least of these you've done to me. And we are in a system and institution um, and nation that that does very specific things to the mm-hmm. least of these and it's mm-hmm. not Christ. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the access to what is happening out there, the exposure, 
mm-hmm. is what's really opening our eyes. I, I mean, even just when we were all at home, I, I remember I think it was something on a TV show of like, why were we all so captivated by George Floyd's murder? Because we were all at home. We were all captivated at home. We saw that gruesome video. We didn't have an opportunity to look away. Yeah. And you're right. How, How can we live with systems that are upholding this We hope that you're enjoying this episode from The Caring Congregation. Check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for more resources. Also, to sign up for our Fall 2021 National Webinar, which will be held October 22nd through the 23rd online. And now, back to our program. I wonder how in each of our deconstruction, each of our faith formation, when we look to the church of how the church is responding in this time, for example, George Floyd's death, mm-hmm. how, do, how does that play into our deconstruction? How does, how does the church church's response either, either there is a response or there's no response? Like, mm-hmm. I, do you feel like that plays into it as well? I think so. I think... I think the church is rele- should be relevant, mm-hmm. right? And if the church isn't speaking out against real and relevant issues where there's a clear a clear right and wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um it it is off-putting. Mm-hmm. And and it feels like sometimes there's fear of losing members because they'll say something inflammatory, but the reality is they're losing members already mm, because of not speaking because out. Because of not speaking out, and also sure. like the trend is like nuns and duns is higher now, so it's not mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not like they're continuing to grow. Right? Sure, and I'm sure. saying as a pa- as a I'm an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, and I work for the Great Plains Conference, and so like I like I I do believe in the value of Christian community, and I see that uh, that the way the church responds to justice issues matters, and I think about. Um, especially in uh, more non-denominational evangelical fundamentalist circles where they are actually siding with the oppressor, with empire. Um, that's, 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 I think, where we're seeing so many folks. Um, de- that's what I think people are deconstructing from. And um, what makes me sad as a mainline and a progressive Christian is that like, that's also not the God I worship, right? So like people are sure. saying, I can't worship a, an angry God who punishes people and upheld, upholds white supremacy. Well, neither can I. And that's sure. not the sure. God I worship. And so, um, so there's- yeah, from the, But from the outside, it's like all Christians are being painted with the same brush. Right, right. And at the same time, like we still work within institutions that, also perpetuate some of that stuff, even in, even in Methodism, right? There's still harm being done. We're still not inclusive. We're, 
we still have a long way to go for racial equity and justice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so like I stay to work from the inside and that's not necessarily where everybody needs to be. And so mm-hmm. I think that there is a real, like how the church responds even to people deconstruction, deconstructing matters. So I've seen some churches try to like control the narrative around deconstruction by saying, here's how to deconstruct. And, and I think that that like misses the point completely. Um, But I think churches that acknowledge the harm that's being, that has been done and that is being done and seek to make amends and repair and uh, to work within the system to make it more inclusive and equitable and just. Um, I think that that's a better response. (laughs) Sure. You know, um, because I think that we come from a tradition of wrestling and questioning and and critiquing, right? Mm -hmm. Protestantism exists because of Martin Luther who critiqued um, and deconstructed Mm -hmm. and questioned and challenged and challenged. Right. right. Phyllis Tickle, the theologian talks about how every 500 years, the church undergo has a big rummage sale. Well, guess how many years ago the reformation was like 503. (laughs) It's time. It's time. And, and I think, I mean, you know, we've talked about death, right? I, I'm a resurrection person. I truly believe in the perennial um, theology of resurrection and new life. And Mm -hmm. sometimes things need to die. And I think the systems and structures, once again, we've talked about this before, that worked at one point are now the problem. And Mm -hmm. so it's time Mm -hmm. for more. It's time for a different solution. It's time for a different way of being. Um, that welcomes all people, that values every person in their sacredness and their human dignity and works toward justice and peace Mm -hmm. and doesn't hold on to power structures and greed and white supremacy. Those things are not of God. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when we inflate them, when we put them into the church and say that this is what we are about, of course, people who know their Bibles don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have this, you have the individual deconstruction, and then I feel like you've also got the church institution deconstruction as well. Mm-hmm. And, and yet we're so fearful of that. We're, we're fearful of both. Right. And it's nothing to be fearful of, especially when we lean into, we are resurrection people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, let's talk a little bit about um, some scripture that uh, perhaps some other people have have wrestled with God. Um, of course, what comes to mind is Genesis thirty two twenty two, where Jacob's wrestling with God. And uh, mm-hmm. I shared with Melissa earlier. Uh, I'm actually preaching on it this week, so <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's a beautiful metaphor of 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 what each of us do in seasons of our lives of wrestling, deconstructing, reconstructing, and how we come across as a changed person having gone through that. Um, How does this scripture speak to you, Melissa? I mean, 
that's literally what Israel means, right? So Jacob wrestles with this godlike figure, this angel. We don't know. We don't know what this thing is. It's a mystery. And Jacob wrestles all night long mm-hmm. um, and demands a blessing. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. The audacity, the audacity of that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That Jacob demands a blessing from this this being, and his he comes out limping. He mm-hmm. breaks his hip, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's 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 some change that happens there, and then at the end of the wrestling, this being says, "Your name is now changed. Not mm-hmm. it's from Jacob that was like a trickster name yep. to one." who wrestles with God and prevails. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that, that was Israel. That was, so literally the nation of Israel, which Christianity comes from Judaism. It's about the tradition of wrestling with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's, there's beauty in the unknown. There's beauty in the wrestling. Like I think mm-hmm. we find the presence of God in the questions and in the wrestling and in the unknown and in the mystery, that's where the sacred is, I think, most potent. It is mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's holy space. It's such yeah. holy space. And what I love about, especially this text with the wrestling, and especially if you think in the traditional sense of wrestling, it's such an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of, of wrestling with two bodies being... Um, intertwined and so close to close and so close together. And of course, the scripture that comes up in my mind is um, in John talk, Jesus talking about abide in me and that, that Greek abide means to truly put like your, your face in your, into the bosom of God. And that is such an intimate space. And, and, And also it is with wrestling. And so wrestling is such an intimate thing that we, do with God, with our faith, with our beliefs, mm-hmm. um, as we deconstruct, as we reconstruct. And um, that is holy space. It's holy ground. And and, it, uh, and wrestling is so close to dancing, is it not? Mm, yeah. Right? Like, so with, with there, there's this exchange of energy, there's this exchange Ooh. of momentum and movement that requires more than one party. And so it's Mm. a give and take. And sometimes we push against the momentum and sometimes we pull and sometimes we go with it. And all of that is just so close to dance. And that I think is the metaphor that I most lean into for who God is, 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 is God as God as dance. And we are invited into that space to dance with the divine, um, if divine dance by Richard Rohr. I'm, I'm literally looking at my bookshelf. I'm like, Oh my God, it's yes. so good. But, yes. but to see God as movement rather than a noun, mm-hmm. like see God as, mm-hmm. as verb and energy, like wrestling is just so close to dancing. And I think mm-hmm. it's just all part of this participation in the divine movement regardless of how, like, regardless of the structures that we humans like to put around it. And I, and I think that so many people have been harmed and damaged by the institution putting those boxes, those structures, those, 
those boundaries on God mm-hmm. that that limit our imagination, that limit the mystery of God. And that's where, to return back to what I was saying at the very beginning, that's where when a big crisis happens and the deconstruction, I think, can start for some people mm-hmm. because all of a sudden God doesn't fit in this box that I constructed for God. Right. So we have to deconstruct the box. We have right. to ask those questions, wrestle with, the, with those questions. I mean, look at Jesus. He was asked questions and he often answered with a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, it, how do we, how do we ask those tough questions? How do we sit in those tough questions and not always think that we have to have the answer? And sometimes the question is the answer. Mm. Like say more, say more. The fact that we're even asking, the fact that we're thinking, like I think God is in the search. Mm. I think God is in the pursuit. I think, I think about Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Doubting Thomas, this guy who gets such a bad rap. And for the record, <laughs> Thomas gets called Doubting Thomas because he didn't see Jesus and he said, I'll see it when I believe it. Yep, wasn't there the first time. The other <laughs> disciples said that too. Yeah. <laughs> they called Jesus before. They didn't believe the women who saw him. They didn't Freaked. believe it. None of them did. They're all doubting. Get out of here with that. Yep. Hi. Okay. Come on. Doubting <laughs> Thomas just did the same damn thing that everybody yep, else did. Yep, I'm sorry yep. if you have to edit that out. <laughs> no, that's like, great. But so, so Thomas sure. just wasn't there. He was gone. He was doing mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. else when mm-hmm. Jesus appeared to the disciples. And so now Thomas is here and he's like, yeah, right. I haven't seen him. Why did mm-hmm. you see him? I'll believe it mm-hmm. when I see it. Mm-hmm. That is thinking. That mm-hmm. is loving God with your heart, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're called to do is to question and to say, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And he asked, and then Jesus showed up, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I think mm-hmm. we find, I think we can find divinity and the sacredness within um, everything when yes. we ask, when mm-hmm. we seek, when we push, yeah. um, when we wrestle, when we wrestle, yeah. it, I think it's part of who we are as, as people to mm-hmm. question and to push um, and also to seek. And I think that that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. Like the mm-hmm. questioning in and of itself mm-hmm. is the pursuit that I think that's where we find God is in, in yeah. that yeah. it's doubt. Having doubts means that you, I think that's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is, is your son to the point now that he's asking questions about everything? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not sure what, uh, what age and I'm looking, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that age, but then I'm also like, Hmm, that's Mm going to be a challenging time, but yeah. Children ask a lot of questions and I wonder when do we lose that? When, when, you know, something that that actually comes up now that I'm saying this, um, I was in second grade and I was a very inquisitive child. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking, there was like this crown sitting on my teacher's desk. And I said, what is that for? And she said, for you to ask questions. Oh. And of course, it was a very like sarcastic <clears throat> um, answer. And I picked up on that. And I was like, oh, 
like, I guess I, I shouldn't wonder, I shouldn't ask these questions. And that, that really, that still sticks with me. How many years? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, there's some point where we stop asking all the questions and we just want the answers and we just want to move forward with the answers. But um, how do we reclaim that childlike faith and wonder and wrestling and, and asking the why and, and not, not accepting an answer and, you know, yeah. faith value. Yeah. I think you're right. There's a big trend in kids ministry right now that I just think is so beautiful. It's wondering it's, it's godly mm-hmm. play. It's, it's just, it's, it's asking deep questions instead of questions. Like we just read this Bible verse. So what does this mean? Instead of just saying, what is this, what did, what happened in the story? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I wonder what it felt like to be part of that. Or I wonder what God is like in this story, or I wonder what this tells us about who we are as people, Mm. these big wondering questions, and then not having a right answer. Mm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's beauty in the, in curiosity and wondering. Mm. And I think, I think the more that we, we do that rather than indoctrinate, Mm-hmm. It equips, right? So if if the goal of the church is to equip people to be disciples, to grow in their faith, they need to have the tools to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. if all we ever give them is right or wrong answers, they are not equipped. They are indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens when something doesn't fit into that little box that we've created, like you said? Mm-hmm. They don't have the mm-hmm. tools. Sure. And so, or the questions or the wondering, they don't have the, the what ifs, all of these, like the curiosity and the mystery of it all, like let's stay, let's spend time there. I think that's mm-hmm. more important than even memorizing scripture, honestly, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can look, sure. you can Google that, you can Google yeah. it. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think we're even seeing a change in, like, if you look at the educational system. So we've got these tests, right? Like, I was taught in school how to, like, I I know how to take a good test. <laughs> was I taught to think critically? Some teachers taught that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and others taught me how to how to game a test. Yeah. But if we can, and how to memorize the answers? How to memorize the answers? Yeah. How to write to what they want? Which got me through. I mean, I did. I did very well in school. Um, but but like even the switch in math now to a Common Core, and I'm no education um, major or like guru. But the thing about like the switching to to um, Common Core is it's teaching how to think and how to get to a problem and how to approach it in in a different way rather than memorizing the answer itself. And I think I think that that's a beautiful. Um, way to think about even how how do we as ministry leaders and then congregational care ministers too come alongside people instead of having all the answers? Um, it's actually really freeing to know that you don't have to have all the answers. Exactly, you know how to you you have to know how to listen, to hold space for people, to ask good questions, mm-hmm. and to say, mm-hmm. you know what, that's a really good question too. Let's learn more together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent ideas. Excellent ideas. Well, I appreciate this time and yeah. this opportunity to hold space to to wrestle with these these concepts and ideas and um, knowing that it's okay 
Deconstruction's okay. Uh, it's good. To be fearful of exactly. Yeah. It's, it's good. a good thing. It is it's good and holy. If your faith is the same as it was when you yeah. learned all of the Bible stories and kids ministry, then yeah. you haven't grown. So, yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, will you close us in prayer, Melissa? Yeah, let's pray. <sighs> Divine mystery, you are too big for us to grasp and to understand. And so um, we have lots of questions and we thank you that you can take it. Um, help us to be people who continue to wrestle with you, um, to question and to poke and to prod and to work towards justice and equity um, as people. Um, thank you for our minds and the call that you have placed upon us to love us with our whole beings, including our minds. God, I pray that you would be with us as we continue to ask questions and to deconstruct and reconstruct um, and learn more about the heart of you that is love. That's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Caring Congregation. Be sure to like and share this podcast and go back and listen to some others that you may have missed. We hope that you'll join us next time as we dive deeper into areas of care that matter for the world and for your congregation. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.